What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Johnners. Uh, this is episode 21, and today we're going to be focusing on NXT TakeOver Phoenix, which took place on Saturday night, the 26th of January, uh, from the Talking Stick Arena. Um, so I've got a guest with me today, uh, an old wrestling buddy of mine uh, called Matt Bayliss, uh, who's been following wrestling for as long as I have. Uh, welcome, Matt. Welcome to Wrestling with Johnners. Hi, Johnny. Thanks very much for having me on with you. Yeah, no problem at all. So we've known each other for a few years, but you've been watching wrestling for a long time. You you go to a lot of shows. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your kind of wrestling fandom, where it all started, uh, some highlights for you and your kind of wrestling fandom, and sort, the sort of uh, shows or promotions you like to follow. Uh, I think I first really got into wrestling about um, age of 10 when we first got uh, cable TV. Uh, I think the first... WWF match I watched I think I kind of stumbled across uh, a Brett versus Owen match which is a pretty good way of starting um, I kind of enjoyed enjoyed WWF for, for a long time like, in the Attitude Era then kind of drifted away for a while um, and then suddenly started getting into, into the British wrestling scene then so um, sort of through NGW first with Nathan Cruz RJ Singh um, El Ligero um, and then really started following a lot around the Midlands where I was based at the time Um so, you know, obviously quite pertinent to, to NXT and NXT UK. Um, you know, one of the people that I followed really closely locally was Pete Dunne. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, also got the chance to see people like Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Gargano, you know, in and around the Midlands in in sort of uh, in little working men clubs and stuff like that. So, it's, uh, you know, it's it's, a, it's amazing at the moment watching the WWE product and, and seeing all these guys, like, you're really coming in, into their own now. Yeah, and you got to know uh, Pete Dunne reasonably well, didn't you? You don't live too far from Pete Dunne, or you kind of got to see him on quite a few shows. Yeah, yeah, so I saw him a lot around the Midlands and sort of like down with Attack as well. Um, and then, uh, so I, I trained with Kamikaze Pro for a little while, where Pete was one of the trainers. So, you know, got to sort of see that side of things with him as well. Uh, so he's one that, I, you know, I, I did see very regularly around the Midlands um, in all the shows that were going on there. Superb. And like you said, it's amazing to see how their careers uh, t- turned, getting signed by the WWE, uh, wrestling on NXT UK and across America, occasionally on uh, TakeOver. And um, yeah, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, Pete Dunne or one or two of the uh, British talent um, as-, as prominent figures in the Royal Rumble this year. But uh, um, that that's for another review. We won't talk about the Royal Rumble yet. Um, so focusing on NXT Takeover Phoenix, uh, on the whole, I thought it was a-, a-, a really good show. I mean, what was your overall take from uh, from the show on Saturday night? Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. it so sort of top to bottom, um, I thought it was a really strong show. Mm, yeah, you know, it's uh, they. You know, they seemed to get a good a good mix of matches. That you know, it wasn't repetitive. That you know, everything had its own different hooks. And you know, I was really engaged in in pretty much every match. Really, absolutely. Well, we will break down each match. We'll have a little uh, talk talk about each of the matches. Um, but on the whole, yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. And when you watch an NXT takeover, they they very rarely disappoint. To be honest with you, I don't think I've ever seen a bad takeover. Um, so although it's a WWE product, it's much more of a free flowing, independent style, and you definitely get to see the wrestlers and the characters. Um, you know. But, pull out all the stops and uh, moves that you wouldn't usually see on the main rosters. So uh, 
Let's get started anyway. So the first match is Undisputed Era versus War Raiders. And this is going to be for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And to start off with, the, the stage area is, is it kind of looks like a, a scene from uh, from the TV show Vikings um, as War Raiders make their way uh, to the ring for the first match of the evening. So there was loud Undisputed chants uh, for this match. Now, I've always thought that Undisputed Era are kind of more baby faces than they are heels anyway, to be honest with you. But um, this is really a match of two halves, I think, for the first five or so minutes, you've got Undisputed Era really taking it to um, a row mostly and uh, putting the beating in on, on row. But then as soon as Hansen gets tagged in, uh, that's when the match changed as far as I'm concerned. He's the, the biggest guy out of the two, um, but he was, he was really quite athletic, doing some pretty good dives. Um, I think at one point he hit um, a, a, a splash off the top rope, a flying leg drop, uh, a couple of uh, cartwheels as well, which is not something you see every day from, from big men like him. But uh, what was your take from this match anyway, Matt? Yeah, I thought thoroughly enjoyed. I'm a really big fan of the War Raiders. Um, because like you mentioned, for for two really big guys, you know what they do in the ring mm. you know, isn't what you'd really expect from them. And and then similarly with uh, Undisputed Era, you know they, you know they're not just technical wrestlers. They're not sly heels. You know they they really mix it up and um, you know and they and they have taken on all, all challenges. So you know, I thought the dynamic of the match was really really good. Yeah, um, there's a lot of good spots and and it was back and forth and. I think one of the good things with with the takeover shows as well is that, you know, you never really know what's going to happen. You, it's, it's really hard to predict the outcomes of the matches as well. And and, and all throughout the match, you know, genuinely was surprised by some of the kickouts and 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 the match kept going on. So you know, it was it was really fun to watch. Yeah, and a great way of starting the show. Absolutely. So I mean, there were some really cool spots here. Uh, Hanson hitting a, a pretty cool crossbody, and then a big lariat and a bronco buster. Um, then he kind of finished off that little combo moves with a, a little cartwheel, as I mentioned earlier. Um, a top rope splash from Hanson. Uh, even Roderick Strong managed to managed to hit a top rope superplex uh, on on Hanson uh, with uh, O'Reilly following up with um, a, a knee from the top rope. So a good combo there from Undisputed. Um, the match lasts about 17 minutes um, and in the end um, I, I believe it was uh, Hansen hitting his top rope leg drop um, to uh, say end the match um, one two three new tag team champions in NXT and uh, overall yeah I thought it was uh, one of the better matches of the night to be honest with you it, it was a really good way to start the show um, I don't think I've seen a bad undisputed match at a takeover but usually they end up on the winning side but this time we've got new tag team champions yeah, you know, it was, uh, it's you know maybe it was due a change, but um, I think like undisputed what they've done in the last sort of twelve months or however long, you know they they have you know really taken control of of, uh, of NXT and yeah, and like, and like you say, they've had some fantastic matches, uh, obviously like the War Games at the end of last year. Yeah, um, again featuring the War Raiders as well. You know, it was it was fantastic, and you know they're fun to watch and. You know the, the way they go about what they do in the ring is 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 really good. You know, they're believable. Um, you know, you, you think that they could win, but obviously they do get you know a bit of a beating at the same time as well. Absolutely, they do sell really well, and they're for bigger opponents. They do bounce around the ring an awful lot. Um, certainly, Roderick Stronger is is uh, good at bouncing, but. Um, What's your take on Undisputed? I mean, they haven't got any any gold around their waist at the moment. Adam Cole obviously lost the North American Championship a little while ago. Um, Strong and O'Reilly have just lost the tag belts. 
Now, is that an indicator that they're possibly going up to the main roster? And if they do, how well do you think they're going to fare? I mean, personally, I think they're excellent in the ring. Excellent athletes, a really, really good unit. Um, and uh, possibly, you know, the best faction in all of WWE at the moment. But I don't know, when they go across to the main roster, are they going to be received the same way? Um, how's Vince McMahon going to look at them as a, as a group? Are they going to be considered too small or are they going to continue their winning ways? What do you think? I think that's the big challenge really with with um, with the way that NXT is and, and especially with the takeover shows where, you know, where they get to really express themselves in the matches. They get given longer um, for each match as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it is difficult to see how that would translate. Mm. Um, arguably, they don't need titles to, to still... You know, be relevant and to and to sort of be a big part of NXT. Um, but it would seem that by by losing ties, it does potentially open up the the uh, the opportunity for them to move up. Yeah. Um, and then it would really come down to obviously staying injury free. Um, and then and seeing what they do with them, really. Absolutely, absolutely. The only thing that concerns me is you obviously see the way that uh, uh, the revival have been treated on the main roster, and kind of. Uh, certainly you look at O'Reilly and Strong as a tag team in a similar sort of vein, a very kind of serious technical team, uh, much in the same way as the Revival, and hopefully they don't get treated the same way, and hopefully they don't get turned into a comedy act either, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I'll probably see, expect to see Undisputed up on the main roster sooner rather than later, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we'll have to see. But uh, we'll move on to the second match anyway. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. So this is their, the third time they fought. Uh, the first one was uh, that six-second squash match, um, in that uh, um, the match that I think it, it was um, it was not expected to take place at the beginning of War Games but it did and Matt Riddle won in six seconds they had a rematch a few weeks later on NXT TakeOver uh, on NXT TV sorry which Matt Riddle uh, managed to win but then Cassius Ono he, he got, got a little bit of payback with uh, an attack on Riddle after the match, uh, slamming him into the ring steps and uh, you know, beating him up outside the ring. So this is kind of a bit of a grudge match now. Obviously, Cassius Ono was embarrassed by the six-second loss and then uh, losing a second time on TV. Um, so going into this match, uh, what was your expectations, Matt? And uh, were you looking forward to this one? Uh, yeah, it's uh, they're really contrasting styles as well, which makes it um, you know quite interesting. Whereas obviously Cassius Ono's um, you know definitely a, a veteran in the ring, um, whereas Matt Riddle is you know relatively fresh. I was definitely in terms of NXT, but in, yeah. in terms of wrestling as well. Um, so you know so having the difference in styles, um, obviously very different looks between the two of them as well. Yeah, so I mean, for those of you that have listened to this podcast before, I'm a massive fan of Matt Riddle, and I do think he's got a really bright future, uh, not just in NXT, but on the main roster. I think he's got a, a really good personality, a fantastic character. Um, we haven't seen much of that personality or character come out yet. I think it's still early days, uh, but I do think uh, he's definitely one to watch, not just on NXT, as I said, but I think going forward onto the main roster. But focusing on his match with uh, Cassius Ono, it was a bit more competitive uh, this time much more competitive than their six second match uh, from war games um, and uh, a bit more competitive than the match they had a few weeks after that on tv um, but the uh, the match went uh, let's see the match went about 10 minutes and it ended up with matt riddle winning the match um, so quite a quite a good match here and i thought that matt riddle 
uh, sold quite a bit. I think that Ono had quite a bit of the offense. Uh, Matt Riddle did win, of course, and, and quite a unique win as well, where he actually won by uh, tap out um, because of repeated elbow strikes. That's more of an MMA finish, not the sort of finish you'd see in a wrestling ring. Uh, what was your take kind of on this match and on the finish as well, Matt? Yeah, I think it was, um, again, it was a good back and forth match. I think that, like you say, with, him, with Riddle taking a lot more of the beating during yeah. this match as well, it shows a different um, a different element to what he's got. He managed to fight through. I mean, so especially getting these, uh, obviously, he wrestles barefoot. Mm. So getting his foot stamped on and, and bitten during the match <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is something unique. Um, and then with the finish as well, I think, it kind of sums up NXT really that they're doing different things and they're not just going with the norms um, and, ha- and having that as a finish it kind of shows what Matt Riddle's background is yeah absolutely um, and it shows a bit you know a bit of brutality to it rather than you know a one two three or or a, a, a submission tap out yeah it was kind of a, you know an admission that he was the beaten man so I think you know, potentially and maybe ends the feud between the two of them and they'll both move on from it now but um, but you never know um, it could just be the, the start of something ongoing between the two of them yeah yeah I, I mean I was half expected uh, Keith Lee to get involved because he was uh, he lost to Ono last week on NXT TV and that was quite a good match but uh, obviously Keith Lee uh, is, has got to be involved in his own storyline at some point but uh, I think it draws an end to this feud uh, this is the third match now I can't see them going a fourth uh, what happens to Cassius Ono after this he's always been kind of that that guy that uh, um, that gives the, the shine to the the, the, the newcomer uh, to the shiny new toys um, but uh, I think he, he played his part in this match and this feud very well um, but Matt Riddle onto a bigger and better things and uh, possibly you know uh, looking at maybe a championship match in the future maybe against uh, 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 maybe a North American championship shot against the uh, the champion and we'll talk more about that in a, in a bit but uh, um, yeah uh, a really good match there and uh, better than I was expecting and like I say what I was impressed with more than anything was Matt Riddle selling we've not really seen him too much on the defense uh, this time we did um, but uh, a really good match a good way to end the match as well and uh, a fun uh, 10 minute match there so uh, on to match number three three then uh, before we go on to match number three, uh, there's a kind of a, a backstage segment where we see the Velveteen Dream get out of a, um, a, a, a limo and uh, accompanied by two young ladies. Uh, and we see the Velveteen Dream in the front row later on in the night. Um, so uh, not featured in a match on this card, which is the first takeover for a while where we haven't seen Velveteen Dream wrestle. Um, but I think uh, along with Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream is definitely uh, one to keep an eye on. I think he's definitely uh, one of the hottest prospects on the WWE books at the moment what's your opinion on velveteen dream are you a fan or are you uh, not made up your mind on him yet so where do you stand with him I've, I've become a fan uh, i think to begin with um you know obviously the sort of in ring he was he was fantastic but mm. i think with the with the gimmick and with the character he, he, it seemed a bit a bit much at times but um especially with the uh, with the title match at war games last at the end of last year you know i think sort of you know seeing that um that passion and everything is yeah, it's really it sold him to me. I think really, and um, and you know the the way he kind of stepped up to to that main event status is uh, you know is a credit to him, and and I think definitely he's someone that is either going to do big things in NXT or, or again is someone else that might might make the move onto the main roster. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be... He's got the, the character and the personality that a Vince McMahon w- would love. I mean, not only does he look great and he works well in the ring, um, but uh, he's got he's got the character. He's pretty much the, the, the full package already, to be honest with you. Um, and he can do the comedy stuff, he can do the, the straight stuff, but I think more importantly, when he's in the ring, um, I think everybody takes him seriously. And uh, he, he's only kind of been wrestling for about three or four years now. Some of you may remember him as uh, Patrick Clark uh, on uh, one of the tough enoughs from a few years back but uh, he, 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 I think he's got this gimmick down to a T to be honest with you and um, yeah I look for very big things from him in the future I believe anyway but uh, on to match number three uh, the, the match that some are saying is definitely the match of the night. Um, I know that you've got uh, uh, some really good things to say about this match, but Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. So Ricochet going in as the defending champion. Uh, the, the, the match started with the crowd very, very 50-50. So there was uh, kind of equal Gargano, uh, Johnny Wrestling and uh, Ricochet Chance. Um, and it, the, the thing that really impressed me with this match today was lots of quick exchanges between the two, lots of really cool transitions, uh, lots of fast-paced uh, moves, flips uh, and dives, especially from Ricochet, which we're used to seeing from him. Um, and the first few minutes, there was there was this really cool sequence uh, that was very reminiscent of when Ricochet faced uh, Will Ospreay uh, with lots of flips and reversals. Um, do, are you a fan of that type of wrestling, Matt? Kind of, what did you, what did you think of this kind of early early part of the match? Yeah, I think when it's when it's done right, like like it was done on Saturday night, I think it, it works really really well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm quite a big fan of more of like the strong style wrestling. Yeah. Um, but then when you do see the you know, the, the the flippy stuff and and everything, yeah, it, it's from an athletic point of view, it's, it is really impressive. Yeah. And and it's good fun and it's, you know keeping you know catching your breath within in the match and everything. I, I do really enjoy it. And I think with this match, they got a really good blend of um you know with, with ricochet flipping but then also like the strong style stuff and um you know it, it had everything you know it's definitely match of the night um i know we're only just at the end of january but uh, match of the year so far for me definitely yeah i mean it's some of the spots i'll go through now because it was a very very impressive match with lots going on uh there was a bit on the outside where ricochet moonsaulted onto Gargano by stepping off of the ring post uh, and then flipping, looks like doing a moonsault onto Gargano on the outside, but kind of almost running up the ring post to execute the moonsault. Uh, there was a spot where Gargano attempted his slingshot DDT only for Ricochet to power Gargano um, out to the floor where Ricochet hits an excellent twisting dive. There was a sequence where Gargano was on the outside and Ricochet uh, thought, well, you know, who cares? Just go for it. And he just he just dived and somersaulted over the ring post from inside the ring to the outside, and that was pretty stunning in itself. And I think when people think of Ricochet, they think of all the flips, all the dives, all the fast-paced action. But I think since he's joined uh, the WWE and NXT in particular, I think he's he's slowed down a little bit and he's he's kind of thinking more about his matches. And um, I, I think he's added an extra layer to his to his ability in terms of not just all the moves, but uh, the pacing of the match. And he he does he has kind of gathered the ability or gained the ability to slow down and to add a bit of storytelling into the match. And that's something that's really impressed me about Ricochet of late, and certainly in this match as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, I think what this match did as well, they did show him as a strong wrestler as well, not just a, a quick, um, 
you know, flipping wrestler everywhere. You know, there's a lot of stuff where it did make him look like he was really powerful. Yeah. And he had a lot going for him. And I think it did tell the story through the match, especially with the, you know, you could see the, um, you know, in, in Gargano's face and, and, and his actions, he was torn between, you know, whether he wanted to be Johnny Wrestling or, you know, whether he wanted to win at all costs. And, and I think that came across really well. And the one thing that really impressed me was, um, it, like I said, uh, it, it did have a bit of everything. It's it sort of had a lot of the almost indie wrestling in it, but on the big scale. And, you know, even just looking at facial expressions, you know, the way they were interacting with the crowd, you mentioned a bit where um, Ricochet stopped the uh, the springboard DDT and Gargano sold that just by his facial expressions yeah. and, and stuff like that. It literally had me on the edge of my seat watching it on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. And and going back to Gargano and his, his emotions, there was one point during the match, towards the end of the match, where he exposed the, the concrete on the outside, pulling up the, the mats on the outside, and then yeah, decided against uh, uh, DDT and Ricochet on, on the exposed concrete instead pulling ricochet back into the into the ring the concrete does play a, a part towards the end of the match but um uh, the end of the match comes when uh gargano is able to hit his slingshot ddt and get the three count to become the the new north american champion after 25 minutes and like i say i thought the, the match had absolutely everything and uh, gargano wins his first piece of gold um since since um, joining NXT as a singles competitor, of course, he was a tag team champion with Tommaso Ciampa as DIY. But as a singles competitor, this is his first piece of gold. And when you consider how many takeovers he's been part of, how many takeover main events he's been part of, and how many match of the years, match of the year contenders he's he's been a part of. Um, to, to, it's always surprising to consider that he hasn't won singles gold up until now. But uh, an excellent match and a, a deserved winner as well. So um, uh, I thought the crowd were really red hot for this match. They absolutely loved every single minute. And as I said at the very beginning, uh, so many cool transitions, fast paced exchanges and reversals. Uh, the match had everything. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely match of the night for me. Um, was it match of the night for you, Matt? Yeah, comfortably. Um, it's it's you know, one of the best matches I've seen recently. Yeah. Um, without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely. And I thought the pace of the match was excellent. Uh, so, yeah, somebody's going to have to really pull out all the stops to, uh, to top that one off. Finishing Move Limited. Specialising in simple, stylish and versatile items to elevate your everyday. Check out their Instagram at Finishing Move Limited and find their elevated essentials range at finishingmovelimited.com. But we go into match number four. Now, this one's for the NXT Women's Championship. Shayna Baszler, the, the champion, uh, defending against Bianca Belair. So, Bianca Belair, she's not your traditional wrestler. Uh, she didn't grow up in the business. Uh, she was not a big wrestling fan growing up. A very impressive uh, athlete. I think she's done some, uh, some, uh, a lot of athletics. A lot of gymnastics, I think some powerlifting as well. So she's got the full gamut of, um, of, of calibre of an athlete. Um, but she's only been training in the Performance Centre for the last couple of years. We first saw her in the Mayan Classic in 2017. Um, and since then, she's been on the uh, NXT roster, making a name in the women's division. And um, up until Saturday night, she was undefeated, um, as she likes to remind us uh, every week. Um, but Baszler looked like an absolute killer in this match. So certainly when she was getting introduced, she looks dead serious, dead focused, and uh, really up for this one. Uh, one of the, the first spots in the match uh, was when... 
Baszler grabbed hold of Belair's uh, hair, hair extensions, and pulled her into the ring post on the outside, um, damaging her shoulder. And then the bit that kind of made me kind of really get into the match was when Baszler uh, stomped on Belair's elbow inside the ring with a kind of hand uh, flat down on, on, the, on the canvas. And you saw Belair's elbow kind of bend down um, into a position I'm sure is not natural uh, and that move uh, was amazing and you did genuinely fear for Belair it looked like she was in a lot of real pain on that move to the point where the referee had to go up to her and say look you're gonna have to shake it off and get back in the match um, so that was a really vicious kind of way but what they did was I think that that kind of woke the crowd up a little bit. Um, the crowd were a little bit silent, especially after the fantastic match uh, prior. Um, and I think that started to get the fans uh, into the match. Um, but uh, what, was your, what was your kind of thought going into this match? Was you looking forward to this one? Are you a fan of either of the wrestlers? And, and kind of what did you think of the start? Um, I think Shayna Baez is amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of sort of, you know, her, her in-ring fighting ability, but then also the you know the character she's building, and like like you mentioned that you know, she does look like she's ready to rip someone's head off. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, and I and I think it works. It, you know, it works really well for it. Fits uh, perfectly, um, and I you know I enjoy watching that because it's you know I, I I grew up with the Attitude Era where women's wrestling was you know nothing compared to what it is now. Yeah. Um, so you know, seeing them doing you know the same if not more than what a lot of the, the guys are doing you know and, and it's really driving everything forward that way um but yeah, I, I i think i was with the crowd really on this one that it, it took me a while to get into it yeah um but then by the end of it i felt like i'd, I'd enjoyed it um you know it was a bit back and forth i, I think the the you know drawing blood with a hair whip as well yeah that was that was that was pretty original. Um, yeah, it looked uh, quite deep as well. I was going to mention that, that when uh, Belair whipped Baszler with a with a hair extension, it really did cut her stomach. And uh, uh, yeah, I was quite surprised by that. You could certainly hear it when it cracked, and uh, yeah, it certainly uh, had an effect on Baszler as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I was, I was watching it, and I was, you know, sort of. It was late at night. I was uh, drifting off a little bit, and then sort of. I think that crack kind of woke me up, and then. Uh, I was I was sort of the remainder of the show then really absolutely. Um, so the, the, so the end of the match comes. There's a few kind of. Okay, it does start to pick up during the the latter part of the match. Um, so there's a scene, there's a bit in the match where Baszler sends Belair into the ref, and you get a ref bump. So the ref's down for a little bit. Then Belair hits a KOD finisher, but the ref was still down. But she covers Baszler and gets a, a visual three count on Baszler, uh, which is fantastic. You don't see that uh, uh, usually on on the chain of Baszler. Um, at that point, you had uh, Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir, the other two members of the MMA for Horsewomen. They run into the ring to attack Bianca Belair, but Bianca is able to fend the two of them off. Uh, Baszler then slaps on the Carafuda clutch, which Bianca is able to power out of. She actually is able to stand up and reverse the move into a suplex. That was really impressive. Uh, Belair then goes for her 450 splash, which she does miss, um, and then Baszler is able to slap on the Carafuda clutch for a second time. Belair tries to struggle out of it. She does manage to stand up, similar to the way she got out of the move the first time round. Does manage to stand up, but then it's just all too much for her. Baszler gets her back down onto the canvas, 
stealing the Carafuda clutch. Um, and eventually, uh, that's it. The, the match is uh, ended by stoppage. Uh, so I th- it, it really did start slow. Then it, I started to get into it more, like you said, when uh, the, the elbow stomping, um, the fans started to get into it. I mean, it really warmed up into a really good match. And uh, to be honest with you, in hindsight, I enjoyed this match much more than I thought I was going to. And um, I, I think overall, it was one of the better matches on the card. And the thing that really surprised me and that really got me invested in it was after the elbow injury was the the selling from Bianca Belair I thought her selling uh, I'm sure she was in some legit pain but I thought her selling during this match was outstanding and that kind of invested me into the match and into her more as a character as well Matt so uh, what did you think kind of overall as, as a match and um, did it change your opinion of of, uh, of uh, Bianca Belair by the end of it? Yeah definitely I think she it, it did make her look strong as well because i think the, the way that she sold the injury throughout the match and then with you know trying to fight against the submission at the end um you know it, it makes her look incredibly strong um you know and obviously you know potentially showing my age here but you know that's how you know stone cold really you know made his name yeah uh wrestlemania match against uh bret hart when he passed out in a pool of his own blood yeah so he never actually tapped out and, and i think that you know it's kind of similar with bianca belair with with the finish to the match so you know it's 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 definitely done her the world world of good even though she's not come away with the title no i think she's actually come away looking stronger and better uh, as, a, as a wrestler having lost uh, makes her uh, come across as a, a little bit more human a little bit more uh, vulnerable um but uh, no i've got a lot more respect for it. although i i have seen her in a lot of nxt matches and have really enjoyed her wrestling i've never really clicked with her character but this kind of filled in some of the filled in some of the gaps for me regarding Bianca Belair, and uh, I think she will be the champion one day. Uh, not while Shayna Baszler is in the in NXT, but uh, we'll have to see how long it is before uh, Shayna Baszler and the other members of the Four Horsewomen go up to the main roster. Um, but uh, yeah, a really enjoyable match. On to the main event then, uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Alistair Black. This is for the NXT Championship. So. Um, I know that you're a big fan of Tommaso Ciampa and I've become a big fan of Tommaso Ciampa. I think he's the ultimate heel, uh, the ultimate manipulator, certainly in recent storylines. Uh, I think his music is uh, pretty cool as well. Um, and his championship reign has been excellent as well. I never imagined him uh, going back more than a year ago as NXT champion. Uh, but I think he's he's, he's done a, an excellent job as NXT champion. Uh, certainly probably the best heel in the whole company at the moment and of course his feud and storyline with with Johnny Gargano has been absolutely stellar probably the best storyline in the whole of the WWE for the last year or two um tell me a little bit about your thoughts going into this match um and kind of you know your your opinions on uh Tommaso Ciampa as the champion at the moment yeah I think I, I agree with you really that when when he got the title I was very surprised um you know, I, I didn't see him as, um, you know, as, as being the, the main man, really. Um, as much as I do like him, I think mm. he's he's a phenomenal in, in-ring performer. Um, and I think he's really kind of gone with it. And, you know, the the feud with him and Gargano, where they you know, literally tried to kill each other every single time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, that was fantastic. And, and you know, they both benefited from that. Um, and then as a champion there, I think, you know, his obsession with Goldie is... Um, you know, adds a lot to the character, you know, just the way that he holds the belt, walk into the ring, 
you know, and it's like you know, every, every other champion wants to show off their belt and hold it up, whereas he, you know, he's just holding it close to him. Yeah, you know, I think that sums up the character really well. Absolutely. And, and I think for for this match, you know, potentially, you know, it, no one would have complained if uh, if Alistair Black walked away as the as the champion. Um, you know, so for him to actually retain the title still, yeah. um, you know, that's again, it's it's not necessarily a surprise as such, but you know, it's it's not doing the obvious things, and and um, you know, it works really well because all through that match, there's so many so many near falls and and so much was happening, and it, it really could have gone either way at any time, and uh, you know, it, it was it was so hard hitting at times, and you know, you, you could feel some of the some of the kicks especially, yeah, um, you know, throughout the match and. Yeah, and they they do, do something different every time, and and you know it shows they've all got different strings to their bow. That it's not just five moves of doom, and and that's it. So, you know, people are pulling out all the stops, and you know, and really making a name for themselves with NXT. Yeah, they really did. And some of the some of the kind of really uh, good spots in this match, some of the really standout moments was when uh, fairly early on in the match, Alistair Black did a like a tope con hero over the top rope onto Champer on the outside, but he he appeared to tweak his left knee on that move. And that was kind of the story going through the rest of the match was uh, Tommaso going after Alistair's left knee. He slammed him into the ring steps. Uh, he wrapped his his leg around the ring post a few times, even kind of the unnatural way as well. Usually they uh, kind of wrap the leg uh, naturally around the ring post. This time he did it the opposite way around so that there was nowhere for the leg to go. Um, but uh, that was pretty impressive. He, he slammed Black's leg into the Spanish announce table. Uh, but Alistair Black, he, albeit on one leg, uh, did pull off some pretty good exchanges. He did uh, manage to hit Champa with some pretty solid and stiff kicks. Um, but the end of the match comes when, uh, let's have a look here. So Champa hits Black with his drape in DDT, followed by his uh, fairy tale ending. Um, he didn't quite manage to get the, the pinfall there. In fact, he had to hit his finisher another two more times. Uh, so four times in total, I think he hit his finisher, the fairy tale ending, before he could uh, pin and defeat the former NXT champion, Alistair Black, to retain the gold after 25 minutes. So uh, another really good match. Um, what was your thoughts on the ending and what was your thoughts on the match um, as a whole then, Matt? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the I really enjoyed the finish. Sort of, um, you know, be, uh, one point, Champa pulled up the uh, the ringside mat and just like Gargano had done in the yeah. earlier match. Um, but obviously um, he ended up getting hit um, instead. Uh, but obviously with uh, with Alistair Black's damaged knees, it affected him at the same time. Yeah, I think sort of having to hit the finisher four times, you know, after after the second, maybe third time, and then Alistair Black goes to uh, hit him with the black mass, and you know, you think that you know he's kicked out of the finisher three times, then he's actually going to win the match, and he, and he still didn't, and it's still you know the decision still went to Champa. You know, I thought it was a really exciting finish, and again, the pacing of the match was really good. Um, you know, they they kind of started really fast and really aggressive. Um, they, you know, they both had opportunities, and and they both had time and control of the, of the match. You know, and, and it built really well, and you know, and again, just completely invested in the match from, you know, from start to finish. Yeah, and I thought and, uh, both wrestlers really complemented each other's style, um, although they got uh, different style. Altogether, I thought that it kind of worked well in the ring, and I thought that they had really good chemistry. Yeah, definitely. It's um, you know that, that that's part of the thing. Really. It's not so much getting your all your own moves in; it's it's making your opponent you know look strong as well. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I think they work really, really well together. There's definitely the top, the top sort of echelon of, of NXT at the moment where you could pair any of them up, and, and I think they all know each other's strengths, and you know, and, and I think you could put any 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 two of the top few guys in in a match, and, yeah. and it'd easily be a, a you know a, a five star match. Definitely, definitely. Well, to close the show, um, we see Tommaso Ciampa going up the ramp with the title in hand, uh, and then. Just as you think it's it's kind of over, Johnny Gargano appears with uh, his uh, North American Championship, having won it from Ricochet. Uh, the show ends with Gargano and Champa standing not too close together, a little bit apart, um, both with their titles held aloft as the end credits roll, and that's the end of Takeover. So you're kind of thinking to yourself, is this the you know official reformation of DIY DIY Dark? Um, now they both have championships. I think the long term storyline has to be for Gargano to redeem himself and to uh, maybe. You know, I think ultimately we've always wanted Gargano to have gold. Ultimately we've always wanted Gargano to be the NXT champion. He's got gold now. He's not the NXT champion, but. Uh, do you think that the end of this storyline between the two of them is for them to coexist as a unit or to go at it again as uh, ultimate underdog babyface and, uh, and you know, vicious heel? Um, where do you think this, this storyline is going to end? It's an interesting one because they've, they've not really sort of expressly said anything about it. So, uh, you know, at the end of NXT on TV last week, they, they were sort of in the ring together, but fighting against their... You know, their own opponents yeah. at the same time and then finishing um take over that way it's so you're not sure if it's just a, a respect thing or or potentially if, if they if diy is going to reform you know potentially maybe they go for all the gold as well you know like you potentially go for the tag titles as well yeah um you know there's it creates a lot of opportunities and and um and you know having heel champions is always good because you know you do have your ultimate underdogs potentially coming through and, and challenging for them, which, which always makes for compelling viewing. Definitely. And one thing I really loved about this whole show was, and I've been quite critical in the past of, uh, and in particular on NXT, where the action is so fast-paced and the moves do sometimes have greater prominence than the, the, the storytelling. But what I really loved about pretty much every single match here, we spoke about Bianca Belair, we spoke about Matt Riddle, and we spoke about some of the individuals and in some of the top matches, but it's the selling. And before I've been quite critical about you know the, the wrestlers not selling enough and it's just move after move after move and not really you know telling the story between the moves but I, I felt that pretty much in every single one of these matches there was a lot of selling there was a lot of storytelling and I thought that the, the selling from all the competitors in in this whole show was absolutely stellar and um, I don't know if you agree with me that you know a lot of the you know old-time wrestlers would say that selling is a, a lost art form but I think that they uh, really hit, hit the nail on the head with uh, with regards to storytelling during this whole show. Yeah, I think it's you know it's, it's a good example of you know proving that that is good for for what they're doing rather than just having sort of smash mouth matches. You know, that last five or ten minutes, everyone gets all their moves in. You know, it's it's not necessarily what's what's best for the fans, and it's not really what's best for the industry. So, I think you know, having having people, you know, getting people invested in it a lot more, um, you know, it really it really takes you on the ride with them. I think the the very first takeover. I watched um, it was uh, Bailey against Sasha Banks. Yeah, I didn't really 
I didn't really know much of the story other than what was shown in the, in the video at the start. And I think they had like a 30 minute match and I was completely invested by the end of it because they told, they told the story so well. And I think that's what NXT do because they have, they have, they, they give time to the matches yeah. and that makes all the difference. Um, rather than having 10, 15 minute matches, in fact, you can get 20, 25 minutes in a match. Yeah. And it's, uh, now it shows a lot more and you really do go on that ride with them. Definitely. So, Although that was the end of NXT Takeover Phoenix, apparently when the when the cameras uh, went off, uh, there was a, a big brawl after the show on the stage. I believe I haven't seen the clip yet, but I don't know if you have. Where you had the Velveteen Dream, Alistair Black, Ricochet, Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano all end up in a in a bit of a six man brawl. And apparently this is setting up a six man tag match between Dream, Ricochet, and Black versus Gargano. Champa and Adam Cole, uh, which is going to be streamed live from the Performance Center, I believe, um, during the halftime commercials of the Super Bowl. So, have you heard about this match? Do you know, do you know much about this? Uh, yeah, it got announced on uh, the pre-show for the Rumble last night by Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Um, so they're they're doing halftime heat. Um, I think the original the original concept for halftime heat was uh, the Rock against Mankind in uh, an empty arena match, yeah. um, which is some time ago now, I believe. Um, but yeah, so they're doing halftime heat um, next next Sunday, which is as far as I'm is just going to be just this one-off match, um, but a six-man tag, which is arguably the six biggest guys in in NXT at the moment. Um, so you know, it, it's very interesting, and this this could be the opportunity to you know to show what they're going to do storyline-wise. Um, you know, if there's going to be new alliances, um, or if you know what's going to happen between the, you know different pairings of people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, overall, I, I think the the show was definitely a thumbs up for me. I don't think it was the greatest NXT takeover I've ever seen personally. But when I think about each of the matches individually, they they certainly you know um, delivered. They gave me it gave me something uh, to remember them by. Uh, what was your kind of overall uh, takeaway from the, from this whole show? Did you enjoy it? Was it a thumbs up? Thumbs in the middle? Where would you rank it? Yeah, definitely thumbs up from me. Um, yeah, I'm still sort of like backtracking through some of the uh, some some of the other takeovers. Um, but you know, for me, it was it was a solid show. The Gargano Ricochet match is the standout comfortably for myself. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed all the matches. Um, a couple of the matches I wasn't particularly invested in before the first bell. Um, but you know, you know, I enjoyed every single match in the end. You know, and um, you know, it, it's good to sort of to to kind of not expect to enjoy something and and then and then actually be kind of drawn into it as well. So. Um, so yeah, so you know, big a big weekend of, of wrestling to, to start the year, um, you know, and hopefully it continues in in this vein. Yeah, it's been a good January so far with uh, Wrestle Kingdom and the announcement of All Elite Wrestling and NXT Takeover Blackpool. Now this show and the Royal Rumble. I'd say it's not even the end of the first month of uh, 2019, and I think we've already had uh, pretty much a year's worth of, of exciting wrestling action. So uh, if that's you know how 2019 is going to be, then uh, bring it on. I can't wait. But uh, that pretty much draws us to the end of this episode of Wrestling with Jonas. Uh, I just want to thank Matt for coming. Long and uh, helping us out with this podcast and hopefully we'll hear from you again Matt 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having me on. No, it's our pleasure and thank you very much. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Wrestling with Jonas. Um, if you did, please don't forget to hit subscribe, uh, shout about this podcast, tell your friends, tell your family. Keep listening to Wrestling with Jonas for all of your NXT and NXT UK updates. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email the show uh, wrestlingwithjonas at gmail.com. You can visit our Twitter page at withjohnners underscore pod um, or visit my YouTube page and see all of my videos from New Orleans, my WrestleMania experience um, last April or to catch up with this podcast uh, on the YouTube. Um, just search Wrestling With Johnners and you can now follow Wrestling With Johnners on Instagram uh, at Wrestling With Johnners, as simple as that. So I'll be back with another episode very soon. I think I'm going to be recording an episode uh, covering the Royal Rumble very shortly. So look out for that. Uh, But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you, Matt. And uh, we'll catch up with you all soon.